Good evening and welcome once again to worship. I said last week that it was amazing that we could all join together in this new and exciting way and the feedback and encouragement that we've received this week has been overwhelming. I'm so glad this opportunity is available to share an hour of fellowship together in that unique Salvation Army way. So I hope you have your songbooks and NIV Bibles with you so that you can join in. Once again, we're going to share together in what I would call a good old Salvation Army Salvation Meeting. We'll have songs and prayers, band and songsters, and the singing company are here once again this evening to enhance our worship. We'll have choruses and testimonies, everything you'd experience if we were able to get out to the Citadel. Except most of us will be at home, sitting on our armchairs and listening through speakers. We're going to start with a united psalm, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Well, I don't know about you, but every time I read those lines about entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, I want to sing the chorus. So why not? It's number 337 in our songbook, I Will Enter His Gates.
Now let's all sing a great song of praise and celebration. I believe we shall win if we fight in the name of the King. And I want to hear the hands clapping, timbrels jangling, and let me feel the draught from all the flags waving at me. Song number 990 in the songbook, We're a Band That Shall Conquer the Foe. Yeah. 
great sing that was. The latest Going to the Army podcast that I've produced is all about victory. And it's full of songs like that last one. Songs that reinforce in our hearts the truth of the gospel. That we might think that the world is in a dreadful state. But we know with absolute certainty that the victory will be won in Jesus' name. Because he's risen from the dead. I hope that raised a few hallelujahs. In the words of another great song, evil shall perish and righteousness will reign. Now I've heard several people say to me over the last few weeks that they wish they could just press a reset button on 2020 and start it all over again. I think I know what they meant, but really, would it be any better? The only new world we need is the one that we sing about in Commissioner Keith Banks's beautiful song. And we're going to do that right now. It's number 1001 in the songbook. And to help us get that whole wide world feel, we're going to join in with the Moscow Central Singing Company as we sing. They're singing in Russian. But whatever language we're singing in, let's fold ourselves in the presence of the Lord and ask him to heal us. Heal us physically. Heal us spiritually. And perhaps most of all, to come into this virus-rampaged world and make it better, laying the foundation on Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to sing this song together and then Major Estelle Blake is going to lead us all in prayer.
Father God, on this day that is your day, we rejoice with those words we have just sung that encourages us to build a loving world, a new and better loving world. Father, on this day that we are sitting and listening to your word being spoken, we ask just now that your blessing would come upon us and that we would be those to build a stronger, more peaceful and a better world. We ask you, Lord, to bless all of those involved in the front line who are fighting in these days of uncertainty against a virus that we know so little about. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to encourage and pray for not just those that are on that front line, but also, Lord, for those that we see our neighbours, those that we see on our allowed once a day walk, the people in our community that we're beginning to see each time we walk past and say hello. Father, we pray for those that feel socially isolated and we pray that, Lord, you would help us not to be a country and a people and a world that is socially isolated, but in these days and importance that we would be socially distant and that we would take that space. Lord, not just for ourselves, but we would just not allow people to feel on their own. Father, we pray for our leaders of our countries. We pray for the governments and those in authority and power, as your word encourages us to, that you would give them the wisdom and the knowledge how to fight and tackle this situation. Father, we pray for those that have fear. We ask that you would come and show them your love, because we know your love and your love alone can cast out fear. We pray for, Lord, those who are feeling turbulent inside, because we know that you give a peace that passes understanding. We pray for those that are mourning, because we know that you collect each and every tear that they shed into a bottle, and then you remember their tears, and you bring comfort to that mourning, because joy will come one day. And we ask, Lord, that you would unite us in your prayer and in your power to see this world change. Father, we pray for the children who are not at school because of this virus. We pray for patience for parents. We pray for patience for aunts and uncles and grandparents who won't be able to see those children for a while. And we ask that your mighty spirit would fall upon them and that you would give us grace towards ourselves and to others. Father, we ask now that you would come and be our guide and our Lord. And we thank you that we can be joined in worship in and through your name because of your Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. And so, Lord, just now, come and help us to remember that Psalm 91 says that you command your angels to guard us and to watch over us in whatever circumstances. In the name of Jesus Christ, the love of God and the peace that comes from you alone through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Estelle. And God bless you in your continued ministry. It's time for another song now, and this time it's a request. As a Salvation Army, we have so much to thank the partnership of John Gowans and John Larson for. The contributions they've made to our ministry through their music and musicals is almost immeasurable. And it's only when you start making a list of the songs that they've contributed to just our songbook that you begin to understand how much we have to thank them for. 
When they were first brought together to write a musical for Youth Year in 1967, I don't think either of them would have dreamed of all that God had in his plans for them. Not least by far, of course, the fact that they both went on to become generals of the Salvation Army. Well, this song is from the third musical they wrote together, Jesus Folk, but it's long been established now as a congregational favourite. It's number 139 in the songbook, so let's enjoy this great song, which is based, of course, on John chapter 10, verse 10. He came to give us life. He came to give us life in all its fullness. He came to make the blind to see. He came to banish death and doubt and darkness. Find the broken hearted, but God had but to reconcile. He came to give us life in all its fullness. He came to make the blind to see. He came to banish death and doubt and darkness. He came to set his people free. We wonder why Christ came into the world, a helpless, homeless child. for us all today, I think. Are you getting a bit fed up of being shut inside your own house? Some of us are blessed with gardens, but looking on Facebook, even some of those are starting to get, well, let's be polite here, a little bit grumpy. If that's you in this coming week, or me for that matter, let's remember this little song by Terry Camsey, and I'm sure it'll put a smile on your face in no time. So here's the singing company with Sing a Happy Song. Sing a happy song. 
testimony time again now, and I'd like to rather belatedly thank Anne Whitehead of Hadley, Andy Clark of Bognor Regis, and Bandmaster Alex Campbell of Chelmsford for their contributions last week. Who knows what God will have in store for us tonight? Let's start by singing chorus 828, Christ is the answer to my every need. My name's Helga Perry and I've been a senior soldier at Rugby Citadel for three years. I want to thank God for the work and ministry of our town's winter shelter for people experiencing homelessness. Rugby Citadel is one of several churches working together to help these vulnerable people, especially in these uncertain times. I pray for all the guests we have been able to support during this winter and may they all come to know just how much they are loved by God. Amen. Thank you, Helga, for sharing with us. And Helga was in touch with me after she'd recorded that testimony to tell me the wonderful news that they've managed to receive extra funding, special funding, to help with that vital ministry at this difficult time. What a great answer to prayer that is. So what could we sing but chorus 801? Whisper a prayer in the morning and we'll celebrate with that second verse. Prayer changes things. Hallelujah indeed. It's the best weapon we've got. to introduce myself. My name is Kevin Sanford and with my wife Jane we are presently working for the Salvation Army in Indonesia. 
We are lifelong UK Salvationists and have been in Indonesia now for two and a half years. I'm the Projects Director for the Territory and Jane supports me in this as well as having child sponsorship and child protection responsibilities. I've had a privileged life with great passionate Salvationist parents, a good career in banking of some 27 years, 10 years of working in core community programmes at Bedford and then Staines Corps, and many other wonderful opportunities for service within the Salvation Army. I've had a heart for community and engagement and that whole integrated mission piece for many, many years. Now, my favourite Bible verse, which has been a focus for me for as long as I can remember, is from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Many of you will know this without even having to look it up, but it talks about a promise of a plan for my life, to prosper me, not to be harmed, to give me a hope and a future. I've also loved the verse from John 10, verse 10, that talks about Christ coming to give us life in all its fullness. And of course, the Gowans and Larson chorus, many of you will know using these words. And so these two verses of scripture have helped me to be what I am today. I've learned from these verses that I must be obedient. I need to listen to his voice, to be assured in stepping out into the unknown with confidence because of his protection. I've also learned that privilege brings responsibility and seeing the big army picture means I can't ignore when God prompts, when he opens doors, knowing this is the next stage of his plan and he is in control. And so the life in all its fullness bit comes into play, the adventure, and Jane and I now find ourselves serving in Indonesia. What a great time we are having and what tremendous opportunities and privileges too as we channel all our life's work and Salvation Army experience into these days. Balakasalmatan is a vibrant army. We've been here for 125 years and an army of some 70,000 senior soldiers, adherents and junior soldiers. We have many young uniformed wearing soldiers too who are passionate in worship and that gives us energy and possibility. We are seeing growth too in these days with new expressions opening and that is all so exciting. Indonesia is a massive beautiful country made up of many many thousands of islands. It's the fourth largest population in the world and predominantly Muslim. It's a joy to travel and experience firsthand all that is happening army-wise. There's nothing more special than to go into a remote village and see the Salvation Army at work right in the centre with schools and maybe a clinic operating and a thriving corps running alongside. We support the territory in many ways, as well as resources for emergency response activity, as we are often hit with natural disasters. Now I could say so much more, but time doesn't permit me now. But in these days of uncertainty, I continue to and encourage you too, to hang on to what we know, the truths of the gospel, the promises of God and the assurances that he gives, being the way, truth and life. May we all stay close to him and be assured that he is in control. We've proved it. Now the old chorus comes to mind which encourages us. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. We may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. May God bless each one of you in these days. Thank you, Kevin. It's wonderful to hear how God is using you so far away. But we're all still part of the same Salvation Army and we're all still receiving blessings and answers to our prayer. So we're going to sing now the chorus that Kevin mentioned. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. We may change, but Jesus never.
Glory to his name. It's number 668 in the book. wonderful experience last year when I met someone who I uh, had admired for a very long time. She's an actress, she'd been on a stage show and uh, I was thrilled to bits to meet her at the stage door. Elation set in. I'd met one of my favourite actresses. But guilt came up. Was I feeling too over-emotional? Guilty that she was only an actress? I turned to scripture and seeked out something that might work for me. And my favourite verse came back, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. I'd gone to scripture, I'd asked God, I'd tested my feelings, and he came back and said, you did the right thing. You came to me and asked me, and you looked for the words in the Bible. I thank God continually. He gives us the right words and the comfort when we need it, no matter what the situation. Amen. And thank you to Morvin Finch of Woodbridge, and to all of you who've shared your testimonies with us tonight. God bless you all as you continue to work and witness for Jesus. At this point in our meeting tonight, we're going to hear the message from the band. And they're going to play for us what I would call a great Sunday evening meeting selection. It's Ray Edmund Allen's His Guardian Care. <laughs>
For those who may have not known all those songs, that selection included Will Your Anchor Hold, I Count Dear Lord on Thee, He Knows, with the lovely reassuring words, He Knows, He Knows, the storms that would my way oppose. He Knows, He Knows, and tempers every wind that blows. And then it concluded with God is with us all the time in that trombone quartet, and then God is still on the throne. Our second Bible reading this evening is also taken from the Psalms. This time I'm going to read selected verses from Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We're going to think on those words a little more in a few moments. But first, another writer that as a Salvation Army we need to say a massive thank you to God for is Major Yvonne Field. So many of her lovely songs have become favourites for so many of us. And one of those is, of course, based on the very psalm that we've just read. And we're going to hear the songsters sing it now. Under His Wings.
Now, I know I'm going to sound like Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses here, but when I was a young man, I coupled my service in the traditional Salvation Army Band and Songster Brigade with that of being a member of a Christian rock band. We worked full-time in the mid-1980s and experienced the Holy Spirit working in ways that we could never have imagined. Children and young people coming to kneel in dedication to Christ at the end of rock concerts. I'll never forget the young man who told me that his name was Michael, but my middle name is Satan, he said. And I had to write that down for follow-up in Penzance. I once saw a drunk man, a chronic alcoholic who hadn't been sober in years, suddenly stand up straight and talk clearly, unable to comprehend that all we'd given him to drink was water and that his sobriety was a result of my friend Simon's prayer. I also remember the profound effect it had on one of our ministry team when he attended a meeting led by one of the popular evangelists of the day. I remember it so clearly because he repeated some of the key points in his sermons, the ones he gave at the end of our weekly campaigns. One of the key points that I remember was this. If we could tell the world that if they come to Jesus, all their problems would be solved, that life would be a bed of roses, then we wouldn't be able to hold back the tide of people queuing to get into our meetings. Wouldn't that be good? Wow! It would certainly make evangelism a bit of an easier task, and maybe a somewhat more fruitful one too. But we would be spreading a lie. Jesus certainly never told us anything of the sort. Quite the contrary, in fact. In Matthew chapter 16, he clearly said, If you want to follow me, then deny yourself. Anything you want or you think you need, and take up your cross and follow me. That's some contrast. And I might ask, what's so great about a bed of roses anyway? It might smell nice, but can you imagine those thorns? I'm reminded of the old American gospel song on this very theme. It's never been in our songbook in the UK, but I remember it being in an American supplement, perhaps back in the 1987 songbook. The third verse of the song reads, Oh, let me bear thy cross, dear Lord, I cried, and lo, a cross for me appeared, the one forgotten I had cast aside, the one so long that I had feared. It sounds like the experience of someone who expected the easy life message that I referred to earlier. Someone who never quite got the real message. Someone who never did understand what it's all about. They may have met Jesus when they were a young person, let's say in Sunday school, and stayed in the church right through to adulthood. But when the storms of life hit and Jesus asked, and expected those sacrifices to be made, to take up the cross, it all became too much. Too much expectation, too much sacrifice, too much opposition, too much hassle. The thorns broke through the roses 
and they hurt. They stung, they drew blood. And so they drifted away, like many, many others before them. I envisaged the hymn writer being just one of these, feeling guilty when he saw Jesus struggling with his cross and offering to help, only to realise that Jesus needed no help carrying his own cross, only for us to pick up the one that we'd cast aside. However, with Christ by our side through life, we will always have a peerless companion, an ally who will support and strengthen us, a guide who will lead us, and a friend who will shelter us from the storms of life, like a bird who shelters her young in the comfort and safety of her wings. His faithfulness, the psalmist continues, is like a fortress, the ultimate shield to protect us from the devil's arrows. The early Christians, the disciples and followers of Jesus in the New Testament, they got it. They knew what it was all about. Somehow Sarah and I missed out on getting our copy of Words of Life this time. So rather than pause our devotions, we started using one of my dad's old books, a compendium of readings from the old soldier's armory, which was compiled by General Coots and called the Four Gospels. We've been working our way so far this year through Matthew. And just last night we reached Matthew 16, when Peter affirms Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in reply, Jesus tells him what he will be expected to endure if he wished to follow his Lord. The road of shame and bitter pain was not for the Lord alone, General Coots wrote. The self-denial of the Christian way of life is not the giving up of this or the giving up of that, but the full renunciation of the self. Whew. No wonder we're tempted to put our crosses down. Well, I doubt that, like Peter and Stephen and others, we'll ever be called upon to face death for our Lord. But the price we're expected to pay may be little less painful than the paths they ultimately endured. We used to sing a song with the chorus, All my work is for the Master. He is all my heart's desire. Oh, that he may count me faithful in the day that tries by fire. It's yet more inspired poetry from the pen of Albert Osborne. And if we try to do it all on our own, then I'm sorry, friends, we are doomed to fail. We need the shelter of his wings. We need the comfort of his hand in ours. We need the spiritual weapons that he wants to give us to help us through the battles of life as a Christian in this 21st century. There's another lovely chorus that was popular for a while back in the 1980s the words of which were written by Melvin Hart and the music by Howard Evans. And it reads, You don't have to make it on your own. You don't have to take it all alone. Give it to me, for I understand. I know how you feel. I offer my hand. 
As we listen to that chorus now, or join in and sing, let's ask Jesus for his hand. Let's accept the offer of shelter under his wings as we try to be faithful followers through our lives. If we've put our crosses down at some time in the past, encourage us to take them up again. Because this world needs Jesus today like it's never done before. And it needs you and me to take Jesus to it. It's no good us singing or praying come into our world if we just sit back and watch. The last thing anyone would describe Christianity as is a spectator sport. So I pray that God will be very, very close to you in these precious moments. You don't have to make it on your own. of our meeting this evening let's commit ourselves fully to the tasks that the Lord has given us. Another great song by the two generals reads, if crosses come, if it should cost me dearly to be the servant of my servant Lord, I'll not turn back. Whatever it may cost, I'm called to live, to love and save the lost. It's song number 649, and the place of prayer is always here. Tonight it can't be a mercy seat at the front of the hall, but it might be right where you are, on your settee, at the side of your bed, 
at the kitchen sink. Come to Jesus now. He wants to help you. Take his hand.
Lord, at the end of this time of worship this evening, please accept the offerings that we have made to you. Take our lives and use us for your work. Take our hands and guide us through life. Take our lips and let us speak messages from you to the people who need to hear us speak them every day of our lives. And now, Lord, we pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will remain with each and every one of us until we're able to meet like this again. Amen.